Welcome to Elevate Your Direct Sales Business with Kelly Northcott. I'm your host, Kelly Northcott, and I'm so glad that you're here. I've been in the direct sales industry for over 20 years. When I was in the field, I was a top performer and leader, and now I have a growing coaching business that helps direct sellers of all titles from all companies build businesses that they love. If you're a direct seller who wants to get more out of her business and have fun doing it, you're in the right place. Tune in each week to learn systems so that you can scale and grow, implement mindset principles and practices to get out of your own way, and get coaching to break through to new levels of your business. Welcome back. This episode is going to be an expanded version of the previous episode, and we're going to dive deep into doing summer open houses. I used to do two open houses every summer, and I did them to connect with my customers, meet their friends, book parties, sell products, and schedule opportunity chats. They were really successful, and they were a lot of fun. They didn't take a lot of effort, and my customers look forward to them. So in this episode, I'm going to walk you through how I put them together. Now, I love a theme because it helps me organize everything. And the first open house was in July, and I called it Christmas in July. So I had a small artificial tree that I would put up, and sometimes I decorated it, sometimes I didn't, and I would play Christmas music, and I would serve punch and Christmas cookies, which were usually just chocolate chip cookies. Now, if you're serving food at this kind of event, you want it to be something they can eat with their fingers and just pop into their mouths. So you want small two-bite cookies and small cups for their drinks. You want it to be easy for them to walk around and shop, and they're not going to be able to do that if they have their hands full of food and drinks. Now, I did my first event, my Christmas in July, before a conference, and my focus for it was to fill up my summer calendar, sell the samples that I wanted to sell, and if I knew what products were retiring, I would let people know that this was their last chance to get them. The other open house was after conference, and this was my new product reveal, and I usually call this a sip and see. Again, I kept the food super simple so people could easily shop and engage with the products. I like doing two separate events because it gave me two excuses to contact people and two excuses to be in front of them. Plus, it accommodated more people's summer schedules, and I found that people bought more when they came to two separate events. Now, if you don't have the time or the desire to do two separate events, then just do one and do it after conference. I did my events in person, but you can adapt everything I'm saying to a virtual event. And if you want to offer both options, then have at it. So let's talk about how you're going to spread the word for your event. Keep in mind that everything you do is a model for your future team members and your future hosts. So if you just do a bunch of Facebook posts or dump a bunch of people into a Facebook group, that's what your host and your team members will do. And I get that it's unrealistic to individually invite everyone, but there's certain people that I would prioritize and extend a personal invite to because the invitation is going to be a conversation starter. If you send an individual invitation and they don't respond, then you have a reason to contact them again. So right before the event, you can contact them and say something like, I hope to see you on Thursday at my open house. The details are above. They might not have responded because they were busy when they read it. And if that's the case, they probably totally forgot about the event. Sending this second message is going to act like a reminder and let them know that they're still welcome to come. Then after the event, you can send everyone who came a message thanking them for coming and again, offer them the host opportunity. You can also send everyone who didn't respond at all another message, letting them know that you missed them and invite them to your VIP group or offer them the host opportunity so that they can see everything in a private setting. So here's a list of people I would extend a personal invitation to. 
First of all, I would invite all my past hosts, and I would encourage them to bring or invite their guests and anyone who couldn't come to their party. I would also tell all my current hosts to spread the word about the event, and I would let them know that they're going to get party credit for any orders at their friend's place. Your hosts probably have friends who don't want to come to a party, but they might be curious about the products, and this experience could be a better fit for them. If you're doing this virtually and you have virtual parties going, I would post in those too. I would also invite anyone who I wanted to offer the host opportunity to. So if I wanted to offer the host opportunity to Susie, I would send her a message that says something like, I'm having an open house for my XYZ business on August 15th. There's going to be new products and specials. Let me know by Tuesday if you can make it and I'll put an entry into the drawing for you. Now, if Susie comes, great. Go ahead and offer her the host opportunity at the event, just like you would everybody else. If she says something like, oh, I'd love to, but I can't because we're out of town that day, reply with something like, how about we do an XYZ party for you and your girlfriends when you get back in town so that you can see all the new stuff and get some of it with host credit. When you start looking at the invitation as a conversation starter, you're going to start to be able to really hone in on who you want to invite privately. Other people I would invite would be potential team members and my best customers. And I would also individually invite anyone who's not a customer yet, but who I want to become one. So it might be a coworker who has never come to a party and isn't part of your VIP group yet. And this also is a great opportunity for you to invite all of your neighbors. So I would walk around to all of my neighbors and put an invitation on their door. And even if they don't come, the invitation is going to let them know that you're an XYZ consultant. The invitation should have basic information such as the date, time, place, and your website, and any information that they need to know about the event. You want to use as few words as possible on the invitation. They're not going to read a whole lot of information. So try to bullet point as much as you can. And it's typical to bullet point the date, the time, place, things like that. But I would bullet point also anything you want to feature, things that you want to let them know. So let them know there's new products or sample sale or prizes or treats, whatever it is that you want to feature. And if you don't want kids to come, then say it's just for adults. If they can get tickets for a drawing that you're going to do for anything that you have to do before the event, make sure you put that information on the invitation too. So I personally always gave drawing tickets for RSVPs and I liked having the RSVP because it gave me an idea of how many people to plan for. And this is a good idea, especially if this is your first event. And then if it turns out you're not getting as many RSVPs as you thought you would, you can always go ahead and add a second date. Sometimes you might want to do an event like this with some other consultants. Let me give you a few tips so that you can make that smooth and easy. If you're working with other consultants in your company, be clear about what the expectations are for each person. So how are you dividing the expenses and the work? If you're showing samples, who's going to provide the samples? If you're doing cash and carry, how are you going to separate that? Are you each going to have your own table or are you going to just pull it all together and figure it out in the end? If you're doing it in a public space, like a community center, you might have people kind of wandering off the street just out of curiosity. And if that's the case, how are you going to divide up the leads? You want to make sure you have all of this ironed out before the event. Now, if you're working with other consultants from other companies, you want to have the same kind of discussions. You also want to decide how much room everyone gets and how many people everyone's expected to invite. And if you're doing a grand prize, Do you all have to pitch in on that or is everyone going to do an individual prize? 
Let's talk about the setup for these kind of events. You want to have several distinct areas. And if you're using the main part of your house, you might separate the areas by rooms. If you're doing it all in one room and you have space to set up a bunch of tables, then each table could be a separate area. And if you're using one or two tables for all of your displays, then you want to clearly mark the products so that the guests can quickly determine which products are new, which are being retired, and which are on sale. So the first area of your event is going to be your check-in station. This can be a table or part of a table or simply a sign. You want people to feel welcome and get an idea of what's happening at the event. If you have helpers and you're expecting a crowd, then you can have someone stationed here so that she can make everyone feel welcome, make sure everyone's on your mailing list, make sure everyone's in your VIP group, and give them an overview of the event. If you don't have helpers, then you can just create signs. But again, you want to make the signs super simple. So I would bullet point things that you want them to see and make sure they knew how to go through the event. So you might say start here and then go to the new products or however it is that you want to set it up. You can do a sign-in sheet at the event if you want to, but if you have a line of people trying to get in, they're not going to go ahead and fill it out. So instead, you might want to have a QR code for your VIP group and tell people that they're going to get a drawing entry if they're in your group. And then your welcome table should also have wish lists for them to complete and catalogs if you have them. If you're going to do a cash and carry, then have some way for them to carry all the stuff that they're going to go ahead and get. So maybe you have some shopping bags or maybe some boxes set up for them so they can take and fill up. And if you don't have that, then have an area where they can go ahead and stash all their stuff because they're only going to buy as much as they can carry. If you're doing a drawing, you might want to outline the ways that they can get drawing tickets. And this could be a menu or a checklist. Let me talk about wish lists for a second. Even though this is the middle of the summer, I would still have them fill out a wish list. And I like a paper wish list for in-person events because they can write everything out and then they can give it to you at the end. And then you can keep it for the holidays or the birthday or other gift giving events. But the big value of a wish list is that it's a great booking tool. So when they come to check out and they, they tell you what they want and they give you their wish list, you can say something like, what do you think about getting your friends together for an XYZ party so that you can get the rest of your wish list with host credits? If you're doing this as a new product reveal, but the products aren't available for customers to order yet, I would take pre-orders. So they can write out everything they want on their wish list. And then at checkout, you can create another list of what they want to order at the event. Then place their order for them when the products are released. So if your company keeps their credit card on file in their system and you're able to use that, then go ahead and do that. If your company doesn't store cards, then I would have them Venmo you or even write you a check if they're old school so that you can order it on your card when the products are released. You want to make sure that you collect their payment when they order it so that it's one less step to do and it's more chance that that order is actually going to get placed. So when you're doing this, make sure you're collecting all their information that you need. So their shipping information and any other information that you need to go ahead and place the order for them. And you want to make this easy on yourself and on them by labeling all the products with the correct product names. So you want to use the names that your company uses because when they write it on their wish list or they tell you they want to order it, you want to be clear that you know what they want. You don't want them to say they want the long blue necklace if you have several blue necklaces. The next product display is the featured products. And if you're tight on space, this section could be eliminated. 
So featured products are your core products or your classic products or anything you want to highlight. And this area is for people who are new to your products or who don't purchase on a regular basis. So when you're choosing your products, you want to be selective because this is just a featured section. If there's too many on the table or on your display, it's going to be overwhelming to them and nothing's going to stand out. If you don't know where to start with this, then look at the products that are offered in your consultant kit and display a variety of products at a variety of price points. If you have any specials, then put them in their own section. So this could be company specials or things that you want to put on special for whatever reason. If you have retiring products, then put them in a separate section. If you carry inventory, you may or may not want to sell all your retiring products. And if you do sell them, you don't necessarily have to discount them. You could always use them as gifts, as prizes for your team or for your customers, and prizes for vendor events. If you don't carry inventory and you don't want to take up a display space for retiring products, then just do a list of them. So go ahead and type up a list, print it out, and put it in a frame or even on a clipboard. And I would also post this list in your VIP group. The final product display is your sample sale area. And I would discount these items. So this is how I would do the sample sale pricing. I would sell anything that looks brand new and you have the original packaging for it at your cost. And make sure they know this is your cost. Let's say you have a pen, you still have the box and everything for it. It's brand new, you didn't even use it yet, you just showed it at events. And so I would let them know, hey, all these unused brand new items are at my cost. And let them know it's 20% off or 25% off, whatever the typical consultant um, commission is. If it looks new, but you don't have the original packaging, then I would sell it at 50% off. And if it looks used, I would sell it for 75% off. We can do a whole nother episode on how to do sample sales, but I want to throw this out here now while we're on the subject. Your customers, especially your hardcore product enthusiasts, are going to love your sample sale. So consider using your sample sale as a carrot to host. It could be part of the VIP experience that you give your hosts. So when they host an event with you, they can get first dibs on your sample sale, or maybe they get an extra discount on it. So if you mark your samples at 25% off for everybody who comes, the people who host can get an extra discount. So maybe they get 50% off all your samples and have a time frame on this too. So it's not just everyone who's ever hosted ever in your career. Maybe it's the last six months or within the last year. People are going to love your sample sale. So use it as a reason for people to host. Now, when you set up your sample sale or any other kind of sale, that should be at the back of your event. So even if you're doing a small table, you know, a couple tables, have these at the back of it because you want people to have to see everything else on their way to the sale area. Another section of your event is going to be your opportunity section. And if you have space, you can do one for the host opportunity and another section for the join opportunity. And I would have this area close to your checkout station. So your host opportunity will have a chart with the host benefits. And if you have host exclusive items and you have room to display them, then I would go ahead and do that. If you don't have room, then just have a picture of them. And I would highlight any host specials if you have them. I would also talk about a booking incentive so that people are motivated to get a, so that people are motivated to pick a date at the event. It could be a surprise gift that you're going to bring to the party. It could be free shipping at their party, or it could be whatever has a high perceived value and low cost for you. But whatever you're going to give away, you're going to give at their party. So also have host packets ready for them to take with them. And if they have... 
Because if they have something tangible like a host packet, the party's going to feel much more real to them and it's more likely to stick. I would also give extra drawing tickets for anyone who picked a date right then and there. In your join opportunity area, you're going to have the join brochure if you have them and a stack of small pieces of paper with the information they need to know so that they can watch or listen to an opportunity recording on their own. And if you have an opportunity event coming up, then make sure you have a stack of invitations with all the details they need to know about that. So the time, the date, the link, whatever it is they need to know. And they can just take these invitations with them and use them on their own. I would also have a small display letting them know that you would love to chat with them one-on-one by treating them to coffee or maybe to ice cream because it's summertime or even just do this virtually. And of course, I would give extra tickets to anyone who committed to a chat. The final area is your checkout station, which is where you're going to walk them through the ordering process and book parties. Now, unless you're expecting a huge crowd, I would plan on doing the checkout yourself because you're going to be the best person to book parties and schedule opportunity chats. If you need a helper at checkout because you do have a big crowd, then I would let someone just go ahead and add everything up, but you have that final conversation with them. So you're going to want to have the conversation, make sure they got everything they wanted and to go ahead and book their party and schedule the opportunity chat. Having events like this gives you unique opportunities to book parties. When I did events like this, I was more focused on booking parties than I was at selling at them. Bookings are what's going to help you grow your business, and people are much more likely to book in an event when they're in the moment than they are if you just send them a message long after the event. So when someone's placing an order, you can go ahead and start her party with the order if she books within the next couple weeks. So the party is much more likely to stick if she has an order on it even if it's her own order. You can start this conversation by saying something like, hey, if you want to go ahead and host your own party within the next couple of weeks, we can have this order be the start of your party and you can already start getting host credit. Now, if she's a guest of a host, you can't offer this to her because she's going to take away from host rewards then. If she completed a wish list, you can say something like, what do you think about getting your girlfriends together so that they can see the new products and you can get your wish list with host credit? If you invited friends of hers who couldn't come, you could say something like, a lot of the baseball moms wanted to come, but it wasn't a good night for them. What do you think about having a party and inviting them so they can see XYZ and you can get host credits? People are much more likely to say yes to a party if they have a guest list of interested people. Then through your host coaching, you can help her expand her guest list. Now, obviously, I like the idea of doing a drawing at these events because I talked about it a lot. What I like about drawings is that you can give away as many tickets as you want, and the people think they're getting a lot when they have a lot of tickets, but it still only costs you what you decide it was going to cost you in the beginning. So if you decide you're going to give away a $25 product, you can give away a gazillion tickets, and it still only costs you $25. When you're choosing your prizes, keep in mind that if you're mailing it, make sure it's something easy to mail. You want to give tickets for what you want people to do. So if you want them to book parties, give tickets for that. If you want them to order products or if you want them to bring a friend, just give tickets for anything that's going to help you make progress in your business. If parking is an issue, you might want to give extra tickets for people to carpool. And when they carpool, you know they're not coming by themselves. And then after the event, you want to make sure you schedule two blocks of time for yourself. One block of time so you follow up with everybody and another block of time for you to assess the event. So you want to just kind of write down what worked and what things you want to tweak the next time you do it. 
You might want to go ahead and listen to this episode again around the holidays when you do your holiday open house. If you have any questions, then go ahead and send me a DM or ask me in the Facebook group. All right, I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for tuning in and be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss anything. And if you haven't already, leave a five-star review and tell your friends about the podcast. If you have any questions about anything you heard on this episode, or if you have a topic you want me to talk about, send me a DM. I'm at Kelly D. Northcutt on Instagram, and I love to hear from you and celebrate your success.